0: Welcome back to the Eye on the Tigers podcast. I am Dave Matter, St. Louis Post-Dispatch and stltoday.com, Mizzou beat writer. As always, we are joined by Ben Fredrickson, St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist. We, we apologize we didn't do the podcast last week. Uh, I, was, I was lacking a voice. I've got one this week. Ben is uh, playing hurt a little bit this week. Voice might be out of commission a little bit but it's Thanksgiving week. It's rivalry week. So happy Thanksgiving. We got a big, huge Missouri regular season finale to talk about in Fayetteville against the Hogs. Uh, But also first, Ben, let's, let's revisit the game that we were both at on Saturday, a uh, wild finish, kind of a slow start against the Florida Gators, but Missouri wins 24, 23 in overtime with the, uh, with the two point conversion. I, I don't think Missouri fans will forget anytime soon. What, What'd you make of uh, the game that we watched in person? We, we saw the senior day celebration at the end. We saw the Star Wars uh, um, spectacle after the game. It was uh, it's, quite a, it's quite a day. It's one of those days it's fun to be a sports writer because there's just so much to write about.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a blast to cover. Um, I say we haven't done a podcast in so long. The last time we did one, Dan Mullen was the coach at, <laughs> uh, at Florida. Um, man, um, kind of a, a game that was, I would just say, a little dull but certainly rewarded everyone for their patience um, in the, in the late finish and what went into it. So many things to, to take away from, I I think big picture, and that's kind of what I tried to hopefully capture a little bit in in what I wrote there is it just felt like a a testament to this team's togetherness to its toughness. And, you know, everybody was, was joking and everybody was paying attention to Eli's hijinks after the game with the, the toy lightsaber and throwing his hood up and, you know, saying may the force be with you that clear reference, Dan Mullins, um, I guess, interesting decision. I still say to, mm-hmm. to pull on the Darth Vader costume after last year's win at Florida, that included the fist fight at halftime. But I, I think what Eli said about there being two types of teams was actually more of a burn against Mullen than the lightsaber stuff. Uh, he said, there's yeah. two types of teams at this point in the year, one that's finding ways to try to get through a season and one that's trying to get better. Um, and that's clearly what Missouri has done. They've gotten better. Um, their defense has improved to a point that I didn't think it was possible. I think Steve Wilkes was coaching for his job. I don't know that he's, that he's not, not anymore, but if, if this defense finishes the way it has played the past, really since the Georgia game, then I think he's back. Um, you look at uh, you know, a guy like Tyler Beatty, who has become the clear leader of this team, and now he has the quietest first half he's had in a long time and turns it on in the second, starts breaking through, scores the overtime touchdown, um, calls the, the the play for the regulation touchdown. Just a great senior day for Tyler. Um, you know, and, and even a guy like Connor Bazelak, who was yeah. playing hurt and, and has had a lot of adversity this year. Eli makes the decision to start him. He's getting booed, can't move, takes six sacks, but comes up with the perfect pass under pressure for the two-point conversion. It, it just spoke to me a lot about this team working together coming together they are not a perfect team we've heard Eli say that Dave but they were the tougher team on Saturday and they knew that entering overtime we heard the players talk about they knew they were going to win that game based off of what they what they were seeing on the other side of the ball
0: yeah absolutely I I think you and Beatty was great again I think we've almost come to expect it at this point Basilak he struggled I mean that he had six sacks and two of those were the intentional grounding but just couldn't move around back there very much at all. And the, the accuracy wasn't there like we usually have seen from him. But the, the toughness was, was so obvious. And then just the, that two-point conversion. I mean, I, I feel like we'll be revisiting that. Missouri fans will be thinking about it a lot. It was just so improbable the way it, it went out. So many times you see these two-point conversions and they're sort of trick plays or gadget plays. It's kind of what, what uh, how Florida scored their touchdown earlier this wasn't that I mean it was under center so that's a little more unconventional for today's game and you know the first read was out to Beatty in the flat if if Connor would have thrown that probably been picked off because there was a guy you know a a Gator edge rusher come right in his face and he he makes the blind pass to Daniel Parker Jr and I I still and, and uh Bazelak is going to talk to the media this week after we recorded this podcast today. And I can't wait to talk to him about it because there's no way he could have seen Parker catch that pass. I mean, he was on his back. He was on his butt when he threw it. And uh, for for Daniel just to kind of find a little soft zone there and, and pluck it off and then, then the scene afterwards. I mean, those are those are the kind of moments that Missouri fans have watched in agony so many times yeah. over the years. I mean, think of last year's Arkansas game when they went for two and the ball bounces off of one guy and uh, a Missouri linebacker and, and the Arkansas receiver catches it. So what a, what a scene, what a moment. And uh, you just, you know, you, you, after what this team has been through this year, just, just being on the wrong side of some games and and just kind of finding itself for a while. It was, it was cool to see them get to experience that. Um, But I, we can't not talk about the defense. I mean, the way that Steve Wilkes has rejuvenated that side of the ball mostly with the same players. It's not like he went out and got some transfers or anything like that. They've really bought in. They're tackling really well. And the funny thing is they can't really explain why. We (laughs) asked Martez Martez Manuel, and I asked him earlier this week, like how does this defense – it's the same guys for the most part. If anything, they're playing a few younger guys because of injuries. Why are you guys such better at tackling – and and he's like i get asked all the time and i was like i don't really know the answer and he he said we were in this meeting room and it was the same meeting room we were doing the interview and he's like we looked around at one point we're like guys this is all we got you know first couple of weeks we were all pointing fingers you know the dbs were saying the D line wasn't getting enough pressure dbs were saying uh you know the other and then vice versa the lines that you guys aren't covering well enough linebackers weren't tackling and martez had a great line he said outside world they just think we suck and and Probably right. I mean, they just—they weren't—they were among the worst in the country, and you can make the case they were the worst in Power Five. And they've looked not just functional the last two weeks; they've looked really good. I mean, they are stopping the run. They're—they weren't getting takeaways in this last game, but they were just getting stops on third and fourth down all the time, um, not giving up big plays. It's—it's it's really been impressive to the point now where you kind of expect it. And uh, you know, Arkansas is really high powered. We'll get into the Hogs, and it's going to be a challenge, but. You got to feel good about this defense going forward. You know, no one's going to say anything probably till after the season. But there's, you got to expect Steve Wilkes is back at this point. I mean, why would you want to start over with another coordinator, another system, if that was the problem all along? That, you know, that transition was so tough. I think Al Davis has won himself a job as the D-line coach. If not, I don't don't understand why. Um, He's been outstanding with that group, or at least the production has been. So really ending things on a promising note at least in the regular season here this this team does have a bowl game we'll 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 get to that once we know who they're playing and where but um just a really impressive all-around complete game for missouri and uh, and and that was that was the team we thought this we might see back in september october and obviously never did
1: yeah now it's like they're doing they're picking up for the for the offense which is mm-hmm. not what we expected this season but the quarterback issues have ability to get the ball down the field that is that has led to more pressure on the defense and it's being able to take it and hold it so big kudos to that side of the ball I I think one play and Eli pointed it out after the game and I clearly understood why Blaze Aldridge that stop that he makes yeah to force uh, Florida to make a late field goal instead of letting them score there that's probably the difference in the game and here's a guy Dave who came in via transfer was kind of billed as the face of this defense and he lost his job. Yeah. Um, he wasn't, you know, he's, he's talked about this. He wasn't ready for the sec level. He wasn't ready to, to handle it. Well, he got ready and he, and he figured out football is football, whether you're playing it at rice or, uh, or Columbia, Missouri. And he's now going to the bowl game a bowl game for the first time in his career um, in part because of a huge play he made. So that jumps out to me and I'm with you too on, on the kind of just the vibes. You know, Eli and, and our buddy uh, Gabe Diarman had a great breakdown of this of plays that he's won at Mizzou already on the last play of the game. And he is kind of reversing this course of, well, Mizzou's in a close game late, it's over. You know, that's kind of the the fan base mentality. And I think he's working to change that. And games like this, they help you change that. I got an email from a reader um, and it was a great thought and I'll share it here. He said, look, you know, Missouri has all of these one game-defining plays that are remembered for bad things. You know the the flea kicker, the the fifth down. He goes, how about a name for a play that defined a win? Uh, call this conversion the Gator Gamble, and maybe it can start a uh, maybe it can start a new trend. And you know we'll see if that name sticks, right? But the point is that you know games can be you can be on the other side of those games, and when right. you are, it feels it feels a lot better. And and what a scene that was, I mean, for folks who didn't get a chance to see the post game, I mean, Truman runs out on the field, twirling his tail and falls down. Uh, (laughs) I mean, there's, there's Mizzou coaches running through the press box, you know, on their way to the elevator, the backside of the press box, yelling out. That's what I'm bleeping talking about. I mean, it was euphoric for a team that, you know, has secured a bowl game after looking totally deflated. And to me, it felt like exiting the stadium you know, as I'm on the way to a press conference, the energy in the building, in the parking lot, it felt as big of a win that Eli has had, probably the second biggest win of his time here at Mizzou in his two seasons. And I'd put it only behind that takedown of defending champion LSU. And I know that LSU didn't turn out to be very good. I know this Florida team isn't very good, but certain games come with a certain feel. And right. the LSU one was like, this guy can get us, this guy got a signature win in his first all SEC season. He had no spring practice. This guy's legitimate. And this one felt like, man, the season felt lost at times, but this was the turning point for this season. Um, the energy was there, and, and I think that's what you have to have. I mean, you know it. You saw it with Gary. There are games that make or break your career. And this felt like a, a career-making win um, in, the, in the story that is Eli Drinkwitz at Mizzou.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and now got a chance for another big opportunity here. Missouri's an underdog again, going to Arkansas. Going to Fayetteville, the Razorbacks have had a, a, such a remarkable program turnaround under Sam Pittman. People need to remember and realize this team had lost 19 consecutive SEC games when he took the job. It became 20 because his first game was a loss to Georgia and then slowly but surely started winning some games and uh, getting in being much more competitive. There's no doubt about that. We, we know the Barry Odom storyline. He's got Barry running that defense. He's got Michael Shear, one of my favorite guys to cover at Mizzou, a uh, linebacker from MICDS. He's, he's coaching linebackers and doing a heck of a job on the recruiting trail, too, uh, really making a name for himself. Uh, Arkansas has got a couple former Missouri Tigers on the defensive line, Trey Williams, Markel Utzi, just a lot of familiar faces on that team. And, uh, and not to mention, Missouri's head coach is an Arkansas guy, Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, I wrote this last year. Arkansas's AD was in his front yard trying to hire him the, uh, the weekend that Missouri was in town, that Moon Choi and Jim Stirk were in town trying to hire him. So uh, this, this, this could have gone different ways. Sam Pittman used to be a Missouri assistant coach way back in the day, my early years covering the team. So, so many rich, great storylines. I know Arkansas fans, they, they will shout it from the, the mountaintops or the Ozark tops, whatever whatever it is. <laughs> this is. This is not a rivalry. They do not care about Missouri. They will spend all week telling me, telling us, telling anybody that they don't care about Missouri. Um, okay, keep, keep saying that. Keep reminding yourself that. Um, I'm sure if they win this game, it won't be a big deal then. If they get that gigantic trophy that's been in Missouri locker room multiple Missouri locker rooms because they've redone the locker room since, since they've had it. Um, I'm sure it won't be a big deal to them at all if they, if they take that thing home or if they keep it in Fayetteville. So that's the setup. Um, Arkansas is at 14 and a half, 15 point favorite. A I, I, little high, I thought it was a little high. They, their average margin of victory in the SEC this year has been eight points. So this they're expected to almost double that. Uh, they just they played Alabama really tough last week. It was a touchdown game. They did give up almost 600 yards passing. We'll get into Barry Odom's defense a little, little more, but what, what do you make just right off the bat of this Missouri Arkansas game? It finally feels like it's, it's a, it's a matchup of two teams that are on the way up instead of uh, one going up one, one stuck in, in neutral or one really struggling. And last year, last year, Sam was making some headway, but remember it wasn't at the end of the year they had to reschedule things and Missouri still had a couple games after this, but this one is, is right there in rivalry week and apologies to Arkansas fans. It, it feels like that for Missouri.
1: Yeah. Arkansas fans doth protest too much. Dave, <laughs> when you, uh, when you, when you go out of your way time and time again to say it's not a rivalry, it's not important. Well, you're kind of showing your, uh, you're, you're kind of showing your, your true colors there. It is becoming one. And, and these coaches want it to be one. Um, I know that, you know, look, they're, they're both embracing the storylines here. Eli went, on and on about him this week and he should uh the the trophy is overcompensating for the rivalry but the rivalry is still growing maybe one day it can match the size of that ridiculous trophy it's asking a lot but this is clearly a much more interesting game now than has been in a few years and certainly than we thought it would be this season i mean heck i remember talking to you a couple weeks ago we were going man wouldn't it be cool if this came down to the wire and, and this game determined the winner's bowl eligibility. That would add some, some impact to this game. Well, here they are both bowl eligible and now they're trying to get a better bowl game and, right. and that makes it even a better game. So I, I have a legitimate man crush on Sam Pittman. Um, <laughs> I love his story. I love his, just his interactions. He just keeps it real all the time. Um, and he's finally gotten this shot to prove what he can do as a head coach. And he's, he's taken full advantage of it. It's awesome to, to watch. Um, I also really like the fact that, that Barry Odom is a part of this thing. I mean, I, I like Barry Odom. I know a lot of Mizzou fans have mixed feelings on, on the old football coach, but he's going to get a chance to coach again, but he's got a really sweet gig at, at Arkansas and he's doing a dang good job. And And Sam Pittman wants to keep him and he's now the highest paid assistant coach Arkansas has ever had. So they're not exactly looking to fall off the the cliff anytime soon and and neither is Missouri. So I think that this game could be the first of multiple games moving forward that are big and play big games against a, a, you know, a a rival opponent to end your season. That's going to, that's going to boost that rivalry up. So um, the fact that you've got former Missouri players who have transferred, I mean, there's some good, good storylines here. And I can tell you that this game is going to mean a lot to these players and these coaches, even if fans are spending their week saying it doesn't mean much to them, um, if you ask the players and the coaches, they will tell you that this game this game has a lot of bragging rights before basketball bragging rights rolls around. I mean, this game's going to get get good, and it should be a good game. Arkansas is impressive, man. I mean, I can understand why Missouri is such a dog in this one in, in the eyes of Vegas. Uh, I was very impressed with how they how they won it against LSU but I was more impressed, Dave, with how they held their own against Alabama. That's a game where you can just show up and say, Hey, you know, it's not in the cards. We're not ready yet. Let's just get in here, and get out of here. They, they put some pressure on the crimson tie. They kept that game close late. Um, they were, they were giving Arkansas Alabama about everything that almost everything they wanted, except for a loss. And I know Nick Saban's probably still fuming about that game. And when you can make Nick Saban this mad, this late in the season, that's a pretty good testament to your team. So, they're a good team. Missouri's going to have their hands full, but it's crazy to me to sit here and say, find a way to win this game, Dave, win a bowl game. And that's an hate win season for the Tigers. It's right there within reach.
0: Absolutely. I, I was looking through the numbers and just uh, taking a little closer look at, at Arkansas today. And I'm, I'm really impressed with their offense. And I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of become the strength of their team a little bit more than Barry's defense. If you look at Barry's defense over 11 games, starting to look pretty similar to Missouri's they are near the bottom of the SEC in yards per play allowed Arkansas' is 12 Missouri's right there at 13 points allowed per game and the SEC Arkansas is at 31.4 Missouri's at 36.3 so they're giving up some points uh, Missouri actually has more takeaways on defense than than Arkansas does uh, both in the in the positive for for turnover margin so the defense itself has some really good players. Grant Morgan, a great linebacker. Uh, they've got some good DBs. They've got some real good playmakers back there. Some proven players, but they are—they're uh, giving up some yards and they're—they're they're giving up some points here lately. So this—this this could be a game that if Missouri gets its offense in gear, um, this—I don't know about a shootout because we all thought the Florida-Missouri game would be a shootout, and that never materialized. But I think we could see some points in this game. But but Arkansas's offense—it's—it's it's pretty impressive. KJ Jefferson, the quarterback who uh, we remember made his first career start at Missouri last year and looked the part. I mean, he's, this is a guy Missouri recruited back in the day, and uh, he's impressive. Steve Wilkes, who we remember coached at the Carolina Panthers for a long time, he, he said yesterday or he said earlier this week, he gives me Cam Newton vibes, and I think he means it because he's a big, huge guy. He runs a lot. He, he leads Arkansas in rushing attempts, runs it about 11 times a game, and big physical guy, Traylon Burks. Missouri is going to have to cover him. Maybe the best receiver in the SEC, not named uh, Antoine Jameson, um, or the, I'm sorry, the, the Alabama receiver from St. Louis. Burks is impressive. He Now he plays out of the slot. I uh, was looking at some pro football focus numbers today. He, he 211 of his 300 snaps this year are in the slot. So that is that means Chris Abrams' drain is going to be covering him a lot, and I imagine the safety will be helping a lot. On him too, but he is the guy that makes it go for them offensively. They are, they are more efficient than prolific. Jefferson's numbers are impressive. 21 touchdowns, only three interceptions, so he doesn't give the ball away very much, and, uh, and they, they can light it up. So this is a, another real test for Steve Wilkes and his defense. Uh, I, I think this the way both of these teams are playing going into this game uh, I, th- I think this could be a really entertaining type game. Now last year's game was entertaining as it gets back and forth the whole time. And, you know, Arkansas has this incredible comeback and then Missouri calmly goes down and sets up the, the Mivas field goal and wins it, you know, at the buzzer. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be like that, you know, Arkansas come, that home field advantage is going to be impressive. I think, I think it's, I think that's worth a few points they're going to be fired up for this game, even though it's not a rivalry, they are going to be excited <laughs> uh, to host the tigers. There's that revenge factor. You know, that's going to be part of it. Um, you know, Barry will have his, he'll have that defense fired up. Trey Williams, Markel Letsey will have that defense fired up. Michael Shear will have that defense fired up to play their alma mater. But I, I do sense though, that in talking to Eli, and even the Missouri defensive players, it, it's a respect thing. I, I don't, I don't sense the ill will, the jabs that we, we heard uh, last week when, when Florida came to Missouri um, you know, these, most of these Missouri players were, were recruited by Barry. They still really admire and like him, even the defensive guys, they have nothing but good things to say about the guys that transferred uh, Trey and Markel um, you know, it, it's, I don't sense there's a lot of bad blood here between these staffs. I don't think Eli's ever going to get caught saying anything bad about Sam Pittman. Cause I don't know anybody who could say anything bad about Sam Pittman. And I think he's also smart enough not to say anything bad about Barry because you know, Barry, Barry recruited half his team, more than half probably at this point. And, um, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to go there. So he was very reverential, very respectful of, of Arkansas and their staff. He even said Sam Pittman should be SEC coach of the year. So uh, we'll see if that happens. I'm not sure he's one of the top candidates. I think, I think Josh Heupel and Kirby Smart probably uh, in the in the running there. But it should be interesting. And I, again, it, maybe it's not a, a it's not Auburn, Arkansas. We know that it's not LA. It's not LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama. I should have said um, it's not Georgia Auburn. But I think this still has potential to be something good down the road. And as long as they're playing relevant games in November, that's that's what you need.
1: Eli just wants to put that out there, so then if he wins, he can say he right. beat the SEC. <laughs> either, right? That's that's plotting. That's like having a lightsaber beneath your podium before you, uh, before you walk in there for that uh, postscape Eli's a planner, so maybe uh, no. I, I think that's legit. I, I think that he has a lot of respect for Sam, but he also knows that he's going to be compared to Sam and Lane Kiffin because they right. were all in that class together. So. Eli's a smart guy. He watches a lot of SEC Network. He knows what conversations are being had around classes of of coaches. And I I appreciate, and I think he's smart for not throwing shade at Barry Odom's direction for that exact reason you mentioned. Let's also point out that the guy that Eli has referred to as a five win player, now I guess six win player on his football team, was recruited by Barry Odom. Tyler oh, yeah. Beatty was recruited by Barry Odom, <laughs> and look at what that what he's turned into. So. Um, you can talk about improving the roster, getting more talent without bashing the guy who left you some, some decent talent, it turned out. Um, so yeah, this should be a good, clean, fun rivalry game. I think it will be intense. I would imagine David, it, it should be one of the more um, interesting games, you know, going around in the league in terms of impact, in terms of a fallout from it and and where these two teams can go from here. There's, there should be some real suspense in this game. So I'll say it. I've said it before. Um, Beatty needs some help. Um, he got it in enough, barely against Florida, and we saw how Eli builds around Beatty. I mean, the touchdown to Nico Hay goes off of a, you know, a, a, a pass call that Beatty called because he could tell they were keying on him so much. And he was, as you mentioned, the first option on that two-point conversion, which you know there were a lot of eyes on him there. So using him, establishing him. And then also finding ways to use him as a decoy at times. That's what they're going to have to continue to do. I would imagine that, that if Barry Odom walks into that first meeting room this week and he puts a photo of Tyler Beatty on the whiteboard and says, we, if we stop this guy, we win. And that's how you, that's how you should um, manage a defense against Missouri. So who is going to be someone who burns them for maybe playing that way? Um, can can Towski Dove get a touchdown? Um, I mean, look like at poor guys racking up the receiving yards, but we yeah. can't, Mizzou can't get him in the end zone. Um, that would be that would be big. Um, can't, and then, of course, the wild card for the Tigers will be Connor Bazelak. Um, I would imagine he'll start again they, after winning that game on Saturday. Is it going to be to the point where he gets a little bit better as this time goes along, or is this just kind of in a holding pattern in terms of his mobility, his ability to get out of the pocket, stretch it? That's where the, a lot of the sacks came from. I don't think the O-line had a great game, but a lot of the sacks, Dave, were just Connor seeing the, the blitz coming or seeing the pressure coming, but just not being able to avoid it, right. not being able right. to stretch the pocket. In it. Now, credit to him for taking the sacks when he had to and not throwing up an interception. He avoided throwing picks, huge, because those have been bothering him lately. But even just 10%, 20% more mobility from him, I think would help him avoid some of those plays. Now, will he get that in a week? I don't know. Um, That's just one of those things we're going to have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good point about Beatty being an Odom guy, not just Beatty. uh, Connor Bazelak, first ever career start was Barry Odom's final game at Arkansas. Now that was at Little Rock, not not in Fayetteville. Uh, Toski Dove, he was kind of an afterthought in a recruiting class under Barry Odom. Daniel Parker Jr. was the only guy in that Tiger 10. Remember that way back then? In-state guys that Missouri was really trying to get, got all of them on campus. And Parker's the only one who ends up signing, and he he catches that two-point conversion last week. Nico Hay, another guy. CBC guy that uh, that that Barry was able to get so a, well, a lot have, it.
1: at risk of sounding like a Barry Homer here and I'll be accused of it. Let's not forget Larry Boreham, who's the starting left tackle for the Chicago Bears. There you go. There you um, go. And was and is going to be playing in NFL football for a long time. So, does the roster need to improve talent wise? Absolutely. Do you have to have guys who can play at Georgia and Florida if you want to regularly beat them. Absolutely. Um, are people who made Barry Odom's recruiting sound like he was just going down I seventy taking anybody with a cardboard sign and giving them a scholarship. Are they wrong? Yes, they are. Look at some of the success some of those guys have had. And then I'll shut up.
0: <laughs> one guy he did not get, whose name I butchered earlier, is Jamison Williams. I think I called him Antoine Jamison, who's a former North Carolina basketball player. Don't know what well, else. That's, that's who Mizzou
1: needs to transfer in to, to get, a bit, uh, get a little bit more scoring going.
0: We'll save I, I,
1: that for I, another podcast.
0: I think Conzo could use Antoine Jameson. I think you're that's right. what I'm saying. Oh, okay, I <laughs> meant Jameson Williams. Yeah, no. he, 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 well, maybe, maybe, maybe
1: he can play too. <laughs> Jameson Williams
0: might have played his way onto my Heisman ballot, but that's for another uh, that's for another discussion. So, big game! Don't forget, it's Friday. It's not Saturday. I, I'll probably write it at least once and say it's Saturday, but it's it's Friday. I will I will be at uh, at Fayetteville. I will be at as Eli pointed out. I will be at Donald W Reynolds Razorback Stadium. In Fayetteville, named after, of course, University of Missouri alum Donald Reynolds, who has his name over college campuses all over the place, including uh, Mizzou, his alma mater, and of course, in uh, in Fayetteville, there. Two thirty kickoff. It's on CBS. Uh, they've got they've got the All Star crew. They've got Aaron Murray and Rick Neuheisel calling this game on CBS. I think that's the B team for CBS, but still, it's a big weekend. Black Friday. Um, I, th- I think it could be a really fun game. You know, it's Bowl stakes are on the line. You know that both in a bowl game, but they really help themselves. Arkansas's got a chance. If they win this. They could probably play in the Citrus Bowl on January first in Orlando. That's the last bowl game Missouri won uh, back in, in 2014 when they beat Minnesota. And Missouri's going to go in one of those, either one of the pool of six bowls in the SEC, maybe the Gasparilla Bowl, which is now a uh, uh, an SEC bowl, and that wouldn't be bad. That's that's Tampa, a um, couple days down in Florida play a team, a beatable team from the, I think the ACC or the AAC. Uh, so we'll see a lot of sorting out to do there. And, um, you know, I, th- I think this team is going to, and I wrote this in the paper. I think this team actually is going to relish the chance to play in a bowl game. And we laugh at the big, huge number of bowl games. There are 42 this year. And, you know, there's so many ridiculous corporate sponsors out there, but think about it, only 11 players on this Missouri team have played in a bowl for Missouri. Now, I, I think the Tulsa guys played in one of the Tulsa bowls, we, uh, Mike Maetti never played in one. Blaze Aldridge never played one. Eli hasn't coached in a bowl game since 2017. And his last year at NC State, he had already left there uh, when, when for the App State job. So he missed that bowl game. He missed App State's bowl game because he was at Missouri. And then okay. last year, all set to play in the Music City Bowl. And we know what happened there. Missouri couldn't play Iowa. I think what Missouri should do is just go to Nashville and play somebody from the Big Ten, make up for not being able to play last year. Could be Penn State. That would be that'd be fun. Play James Franklin and and uh, or not or Penn the, or, or, the uh, or the interim coach after James Franklin leaves. Perhaps true, true. You never know. But I, I think that would be interesting. Uh, wherever they go, we know we'll be there covering it, and it'll be a, a good time. And I, I'm I'm really looking forward to to Friday's game. Get maybe get that uh that the turkey and the dressing and everything will be digested by then. We've got a little <laughs> drive Friday morning. To, uh, to Fayetteville and go visit with our old friend, Bob Holt. And uh, I was going to
1: say, we, you're going to the Bob Holt bowl. That's, that's the, right. we'll see what, what, what bowl game Mizzou finishes in, but Friday is absolutely the Bob Holt bowl. That, that is the, another Missouri icon who has uh, found a great successful career at Arkansas. Bob was really the one who blazed that trail. I mean, you could say Mr. Broyles and then, then really Bob Holt um, as, <laughs> as Mizzou icons who went on to uh, blaze great trails in, in all things, Arkansas. So give Bob a, a Thanksgiving hug for me. Tell him uh, tell him uh, I miss him and uh, have fun, man. It's, it's good to be covering these kind of games. And, and it's really impressive that Missouri is back to playing in a game of this magnitude um, based off of where their kind of bottom point was. We didn't think this was going to be possible after the loss to Tennessee. At least I didn't. And it's a credit to these guys for coming together and putting a better product out there despite all kinds of injuries. And we didn't even get into some of the injuries, but including some of the most important position on the field, quarterback. So enjoy it, man. I'll look forward to reading the coverage at stltoday.com and the pages of the Post-Dispatch. And Thanks to all of our listeners, too. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: That'll do it for this week's podcast. We want to remind our listeners, please check out stltoday.com slash podcast. That's where you can find the Eye on the Tigers podcast every week. And also, please subscribe. You can find us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If so, please leave us a comment. We always enjoy your feedback. For Ben and I'm Dave Matter. We'll talk to you next week. Happy Thanksgiving.